Welcome, everybody, to an exciting new episode of Knit a Spell. I'm your host, James Devine, and you may be asking, hey, wait a minute, aren't we missing somebody? We are missing somebody. Katie Rempe is away, but she didn't blow away. She was just in the middle of a hurricane. So she will be joining us next week once her power and internet are restored from her amazing experience in the depth of Hurricane Ian. But this week, we have an amazing guest, the gifted, talented, and beautiful Michelle Welch. Hello, Michelle, and welcome to Knit a Spell. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. It's so good to see you, and I'm sorry to hear about Katie. I'm glad you're here. We're here because you have your second book out. I have, of course, your first book, The Magic of Connection. Love, love, love this book. Thank you. And your current book that just came out, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's start with how you and I met. I think we met through Madame Pamita, isn't that right? Probably, but you are so approachable and so kind. I affiliate you with her to some extent, but yet you meet people so easily on your own. What I really remember is coming to Dallas with Madame Pemita mm-hmm. and teaching with her at your store, Soltopia. And, and everyone loved it. Like, you're going to have to come back because, of course, you're a fan favorite. You're sweet. That's where I think you and I really had a wonderful bonding moment. And mm-hmm. I thought, gosh, you are just something special. So are you. And I tell the story a lot that we did at dinner for anybody that hasn't heard me tell this story because I tell it every time we, we meet. I, you just had such words of wisdom and it felt so comforting to me. So I know you're a high priest. I was raised with pastors and you had that feeling of a counselor, pastoral feeling to me. Like you gave me advice that I maybe didn't want to hear, that I needed to hear, yet you gave it in a way that I could listen and I could act on it. And I did act on it. You've done that, I think, for many people. Being a guest of Soultopia and of you and Roger in Dallas was an experience that I wasn't really accustomed to. Just the thoughtfulness and that Southern hospitality that you really brought forward for your guests, that was an amazing experience. So that's one of the things that I really love about what you and Roger and what you want Soultopia to be for people there in Dallas. Thank you. We are very selective in the guests that we have come to Soltopia. We and and I would say every guest that has come feels like family in a way. And I know people throw that around, but Soul family, Soltopia family, because we are so selective. And that hospitality, that Southern hospitality, it's interesting to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up because some people think that's it seems fake when you're raised to do that and to be polite and treat people with kindness, but It really is who I am. It doesn't mean that I don't get angry, but I really start with people with an assumption that people are kind and they're good. And I have done that since I was little. I remember thinking that everybody was kind. I really remember that when I realized not everyone was kind and I had some traumatic things happen to me that 
opened that really fast for me when I was pretty young. But I remember just always thinking everyone is kind and everyone is good to one another. And of course, we're not all perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not always kind, but it's something I do. It's not an act. They don't have to earn my respect. I usually give people respect. And then if they lose that respect or whatever, then that saddens me that I start with assuming the best in people. Yeah, it's evident. So speaking of childhood, you wrote these books, but especially Spirits Unveiled, talking about how we deal with, like Magic of Connection is a lot about how to work energy, how energy works, how we have connections with each other, our cords between each other and general energy. And I think it's one of the most fantastic books on the topic I've ever seen. It's the book that most clearly matches the theories that we teach in our practice. Spirits Unveiled is a lot about entities and beyond the veil, if you will. And I know that there's a lot of argument about this idea of a veil. There is no veil. I love that. I want to argue about it. And it's not about arguing it. It's about getting ourselves to think outside the box. It's brilliant. So you talk about some of them in the book, but will you share with us some of those basic childhood experiences that led you to where you currently are? I guess to give one example is as a child, I don't remember a time that I didn't see spirits. When I say see, it'd be physical, physical eyes, sometimes my third eye, my mind's eye doesn't really make a difference. People get hung up on that. And it's not, oh, wow, you're more impressive that you can actually see with your physical eye. In fact, I say in the book, it's actually more impressive maybe to see with your third eye because that's yeah. how we just to communicate and everything, I believe. But so when I was young, there's never a time I don't remember having spirits around. I had a protective spirit that I call her in the book. I think the lady of the hall, the woman in the hall, something like that, I can't remember right now. But to me, what she is probably my first guardian. But when I would go into my room, it was a very different place. I was scared as a child. Things scared me a lot. Now I laugh at most anything with any movie, with anything spiritual. Roger has to get me out because people start yelling at me in the movie because I'm like, ah, that's so funny. That's just not how it is because I couldn't sleep. And I had a lot of night terrors, a lot of sleepwalking. I was that person who would stand over my brother's bed and just stare that creepy child. Yeah. Seriously, I was. And then my brother would wake up screaming. Then my mother would come in the room screaming. And then my dad would come in and go, and he never cussed, but if he did, it'd be what the is going on? And he'd be like, everybody go back to bed. And then I'd kind of snap out of it. I also dreamed that I cut my brother up and put him in. I'm dispelling everybody's beliefs. We just said earlier, uh, I would put him in the clothes hamper. And I had every, what are your reoccurring dreams? They mean something. And I loved my brother. I don't know why I dreamed that, but I dreamed it almost like every dream. No, really. She's a nice person, everybody. (laughs) Just don't cross me. But my parents bought me, they were trying to be kind, but they bought me one of the Annabelle dolls. Those were actually the Raggedy Ann dolls. So it's not the doll that's in the movie at all. And I have her still. And have I told you the story that I move her around the store and freak people out? You're terrible. You did tell me that. <laughs> yeah. So when she's home now and she's at the house and we had a bit of a flood during the last big rainstorm here in Dallas. We're going to have to remodel a whole lot of things. And so Annabelle's gotten moved and she's not real happy. And Roger's like, that doll, because she has those button eyes, but they move. So I'll try to answer the question faster, but that is, it interests people because does she actually have some spirit to her? Yes, she does. And I didn't call her Annabelle when I was little. I had no idea. She had a rocking chair. 
that she sits in. It's in the warehouse at Soltopia. It's about to go home and be put up in one of the guest rooms where I can freak all the guests out when they come. I know where I'm not sleeping next time. But she doesn't really bother me. But to answer your question, I actually did have some what they call NDEs. I never even think about that. I had two. One was when I was older. So that's a near-death experience. Right. But what I do think is how did I get here? You know how people talk about they have children, it gets squelched, it gets conditioned out of them. Well, I was in a very religious home where the parameters of what I saw maybe could be listened to, but I'd get sent to my room a lot when I crossed the line and would say, what's going on with your brain? And a month later, they were diagnosed. But it's just, I always had it. It never went away. I just changed how I defined it because of the conditioning. And I will never attack religions or attack other people's beliefs or try not to. And I'm certainly not attacking my parents, but it was just a very different perspective. I didn't know what to do with it. They took me to a doctor and he prescribed orange juice. So I hate orange juice now because apparently orange juice makes you not be psychic. And so I was psychic from, I don't remember time of not seeing beings at all. And so that was just normal to me. And so that's why I say the thing about the veil. It's not to be controversial. It's just even from a church perspective where they would talk about the veil and the thinning of the veil, which they do. I'd be like, what is that? They're right here and you can see them. You can talk to them. And then I talked about frequency in the book. But I think what's most important is to say that I never had that experience where most people say all children have it, but they forget that they have it. It just stayed with you the whole time. Yeah. And so I hit it. I did go to a church where they would prophesy and things like that. So that kind of helped because here I am, this little kid, giving gift of prophecy. But even then I'd go too far. And so they didn't, they take the microphone away. But so I think that I hit it and I tried more to be mainstream. So you becoming mainstream, was that you going to college and trying to have your career? Can you talk a little bit about that? How did you go from having your mainstream career and then wanting to open up the store or become a reader. So I think I always wanted to. And so I was very religious and spiritual. And I think religious people can be spiritual. Okay. A lot of religious people are really, they're searching. They're really spiritual. They want that. And so I dove in there. And, but what really, the, there's a long process to, but really what it was that thing of just finally saying, this isn't, I am not fulfilled. I am not happy. I am not living truthfully or authentically, if you want to use that word. And I was in a marriage that I actually won't attack that either. It just wasn't working out after 23 years. And I finally just said, I'm going to be who I really am. I was picking juries and I literally, people would be like, how do you know how to put on? When I finally told people, they were like, okay, this makes sense. They didn't even freak out so much. You were picking juries psychically. Oh, yeah. I had a sportscaster ask me on an interview one time and he said, isn't that cheating? And I'm like, no, it's using all your abilities. I didn't know everything, but I was definitely using it. And there's that spectrum of hunch, gut, instinct, intuition, psychic. I think that there is a spectrum of a continuum of sorts of where we are on that. And I was, I'm psychic the psychic knowingness for me it's not bragging it's just pretty high in fact there's a lot of times i wish i didn't have it this is your first mainstream published book is the magic of connection yes how did that come about how did you decide to write it 
Okay, the first one, and it's interesting. I'll talk about if I can all three. I'm right. I'm yeah. the one right now. So somebody said to me, I think this is what best way to put it, that Michelle, you did your books in reverse because your magic connection is probably the deepest book in the sense of really talking about the energy and how we can manipulate energy and a book that probably has a lot of staying power. And my publisher said that too. Spirits Unveiled was more, how do we interact with the energetic forms those beings take and talking about uh, some people's experiences and what they've been through. And just some of the things that I don't, to be honest, I'm going to talk about it, that I don't agree with that are in a bunch of other books. And just my experience, but it doesn't mean I'm right. It's my experience. My next book, I think it's going to be Your Psychic Playbook, and it teaches people how to actually get in touch. And the difference of that and every other intuitive book that's out there is you're literally developing your playbook, how do you envision things. People will go, when I meditate, I just it's all black. I don't see anything. And the other person's going, oh, I see this and this, and it makes you feel bad. Oh, great. I'm not seeing anything. So it goes through how each individual is different and how they can get in touch with whatever it is they're wanting to get in touch with. Each book has a provocative <laughs> statement, and I can't wait to see what the provocative statement is in that one. The <laughs> magic of connection, the provocative statement is don't cut cords. <laughs> and spirits unveiled is there is no veil. <laughs> it's like I just and you know you think that I wasn't really sensitive and I don't care what people think and I you you know me and you know I do care I know <laughs> I need that saying these statements I will say spirits unveiled the spiritualist religion there are things in that religion that I don't agree with that's why I never went to Arthur Finley in England I wanted to go because I love credibility but I would read what they would say about spirit guides and the rules this is the box that it's in and this is how you're a medium and there were so many things that I just said, that's not been my experience at all. So right. I couldn't go because I don't want to argue with people. And here's the thing. I think we experience what we're ready to experience. And it doesn't mean that somebody's more advanced than someone else. It's just where we're at and what we're working on at the time. You wrote the book about your experience with spirits. And that's, I think, what's important. Yeah. But what I wanted to do is say to people, you look at the front of many books, they'll say they're spiritualists and I am not, but there are many things I can learn from them. Yeah. But there are some places just like you deviate from some of the things I say in my books. There are places where I deviate with the spiritualist. I think that a spirit guide, I think you could be my spirit guide. Okay. So they very strongly say spirit guides can't be living people. And that's not what a spirit guide is. And I disagree with that. I believe yeah. that a living human walking because of energy and the way I view energy, I believe that you could be my spirit. Guide. A spirit guide. I see. That's very cool. Yeah. See another provocative statement from spirits unveiled. All right. Last question. Until we take a break, you're about to fly out to the Pacific Northwest because you are the proprietor also of the Northwest Tarot Symposium. Let's just say when you get to the airport and you're boarding the plane and you sit down in your seat and there's some random person who sits down and they're chit-chatting and they says, oh, so what do you do? What do you tell people? Typically, I say I own stores. I own three stores in Dallas, Texas. I typically start with that. And if they ask what kind of stores, then I'll say uh, crystal stores, but also, for lack of a better term, metaphysical type. New and age if they're type. into it, then you'll get into it. 
Yeah. Now there are a couple times where I have lately just wanted to shock somebody because they deserved it. I'm a psychic. And they're like, oh, what? You know how they are. What do you see? But I typically just, that's a great question because you know me. And it's not because I'm ashamed of it. There probably was a time when I was where I would want to say I'm a lawyer. Now it it just depends on the person, but usually it's the stores. I start. Yeah, that's really smart. I think about that for myself. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about that. I own a consulting firm that's very mainstream, but I also am a palm reader. And I could have the cop out of saying I'm a business consultant. Really, my true full-time job is as a palm reader. And do I have the chutzpah to actually be honest about what my real full-time job is? It's an interesting conundrum for me when I'm out in the mainstream world. Haven't you found they're fascinated though? Yes. They always want a reading and I'm like, you can schedule one. (laughs) Exactly. When I start talking about it, 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 I do have so many aspects and so do you and so many layers to me that sometimes I, depending on whom I'm talking to, I don't want to be limited to one layer of who I am. It's a holistic, it's whole, but I don't want it just to be like, okay, I'm a psychic medium. And that I talk about that in the book too, because I think mediums, are no different than psychics. It's just a different frequency. So I even upset people, I'm sure, with that statement in the book. But it's a great question. I do think for us, we have to meet people where they are when we answer. Totally agree. When we come back, we are going to get into some really interesting questions, including how or do we need to protect ourselves from spirits, about good and evil spirits, why would we work with spirits, and so much more. So Stick around during this quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Nidispel fans, join our Patreon for just $13 a month to gain access to extended episode comments, episode outtakes, behind the scenes and bonus content, magical making tips, monthly polls to influence future topics and guests, and interact with your fellow patrons. Plus, you'll be supporting one of your favorite podcasts. Join today to gain access to our entire post history. Visit patreon.com forward slash Light from Lantern to learn more and sign up. Jim and I look forward to seeing you there. Your hands are the map to achieving anything you want in life. But it's hard to read that map in just one reading. My coaching packages allow me to work with you over time to build towards your goals. We bring in life coaching, executive coaching, leadership coaching. We bring in tarot, palmistry, a little bit of astrology, all the mystical and the practical together. And these amazing coaching pathways that my clients are on already really help propel people towards their goals. Learn more about Jim's new coaching packages by sending him an email at jim at thedivinehand.com to schedule a free discovery call or visit thedivinehand.com to learn more. And we're back with Michelle Welch owner of the Soltopia stores and author of Spirits Unveiled and The Magic of Connection. I only wish that Katie was here for the second half. She is bummed out that she's going to miss these totally awesome questions. So let's start with this. What are your feelings? I know you wrote it in the book. We're giving the people some preview. You definitely need to go get this book, Spirits Unveiled. But a lot of people feel like They need to protect themselves from spirit. One of my first experiences myself with the, oh my gosh, could this be real? 
was when I was messing around with a Ouija board with my ex-fiance and we lit a candle and she said something of protection that only the entities that we wanted to work with be there or whatever. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're pushing the planchette. I don't know. But then she wanted to work with the spirit by herself. And she just took the planchette by herself. And I thought, that's weird. And it was going like crazy so fast. And I thought, that's odd that someone would use that by themselves. And then there were some other experiences that were really amazing. It changed my mind about her experience with spirits because I saw that she was using that Ouija board by herself as a way to communicate with spirit. It was the first time that I really thought about, gosh, that's maybe a useful tool for people in that way. But I I thought about how people are so terrified of Ouija boards because it can create a portal for -hmm. some evil or something like that. So can you talk to us about that? Should we be terrified? Should we be afraid? It depends. So first of all, I will say another striking statement. I think we're all portals. I think we're portals. There might be some stronger portals in certain areas, stronger energy maybe, but we all are portals of such. So when people are always like, make sure you close the portal after you use a pendulum, make sure you do this because you've left a portal open. I've never seen it that way. That gets back to that idea that you're tearing a hole in the veil and you're letting people in. They're already in. And for me, just so I can say how you would communicate with that, it's about frequency, which is how fast something's moving or oscillating. And so we just have to kind of dial into that. But as far as protection, I believe that probably there are some things we want to protect from. But there's some of the things that we don't even think of that are things we want to protect from. Let's talk about elemental, fairies, fae, whatever you want to call them. They say the fae get mad. I've talked to the fairies in my yard and they don't get mad. They're like, whatever. They're mad if I don't give them crystals. And I do. And I'll take them out of my grandson's neighborhood too and give the little fairy houses crystals. I'll say this quickly. We have a moral compass. That's our own moral compass. We have social mores that are our society. And then we have ethics, which are a code usually of ethics. And then we have laws. All of those may be different with different types of beings. Who are we to say that all of those four things I just said are the correct ones? Those are correct for maybe humans or certain societies, but you cannot expect when you're working with a being for their social mores all the way to their laws to be the same as yours. And who's to say ours are right? So let's say a fae like this trinket. So they move it around and you can't find it and they'll take it for a little while or whatever that is. That's normal for them, but we may judge that. So let's take that to a different level. Something trying to communicate with us and we think, okay, we really need to protect from this. I'd say yes, if you want to protect. But what I say is engage before you sandwich. And what I mean by that is just that, and people will think, oh, and they said, oh, that lady's opened herself up for just anything. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I've been dealing with spirits as long as I can remember. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. I think that you have to gauge how that spirit makes you feel. Love this. Engage before you sage. So think about it. What if you came to my door and you knocked on my door? Instead of me looking to the people, kind of feeling, do I want? this person to come in? Do I want to open the door to this person? I just had sage and I just, let's just like spray him down. I'm not sure. And all you wanted to do was say, I'm sad. I'm here and I'm a disincarnate, maybe a demon. I don't know for lack of a better word, but, and you just wanted to say help. 
and I'm spraying you down and I'm putting all this stuff on and all this protection. And I, I really, I just could ask that one question. Now, other people will say to me, yeah, but you're opening the door to all this stuff. The door's open. The door is already open. If they are that strong of a being and they are wanting to leech onto me, then yeah, you need to be careful. But if the, the hangers in your closet are rattling and they rattle every night and there's nobody there and there's no train and it's not an earthquake, then why don't you say to that spirit, instead of going in there and saging it away, why don't you say, what do you want? Yeah, what do you, what do you need? Yeah, what do you and, have to teach me? And then if you decide their social mores and their moral compass is so different than mine, then you can say, you know what? I really don't want you in my home. Let's figure out what we're going to do about that. Another thing about the Ouija board, to me, I think it's the universal consciousness of the collective energy that has gone into Ouija boards that maybe make it a little more dangerous. I had a teacher one time tell me that's just something you don't play with, but yet everything else they were doing, I thought that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. It's probably because of some connection from that universal consciousness. For me, I could just leave the planchette there and then I got information through. But so what do you do? Do you protect? I believe that all of us have duality. And I believe every being has a choice. And I talk about that in the book. Every being has a choice to free will, more than people think, to be where they want to be on that spectrum. And I don't buy this. You have to have a, what is it, like a higher vibration all the time. Why? There's sometimes when you might need a lower vibration so that you can help other people or you can do shadow work and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people think, oh, she, Michelle's just loving life. No, we have so much polarity and duality. Do we sometimes need to protect? Yes. People should sometimes protect from my energy because I'm angry or mad and they're, okay, whoa, I'm putting some protection on from that. It just depends. Or if they don't agree with my morals or my moral compass, then they might want to protect. Right. Protect from corporeal energy. And people are so often protecting from non-corporeal energy. Are they protecting themselves from corporeal energy from the people around them? Come on. That's such a great yeah. point. I did have one, what I call predatory spirit. And somebody asked me, how's that worse than a demon? And I don't even know if they're really demons. I'm just calling them that because it's what most people call them. But a malevolent spirit of some sort. And can a malevolent spirit flip and have a different side? Yes, because I believe in energy. All energy has duality and can change forms. So that's just science to me. But as far as this predatory spirit, I felt it was after Roger. He has type 2 diabetes and kicked her out of my home. And she was not easy to kick out. And if I could have sprayed her, that wouldn't have worked. She would have laughed. She'd be laughing at me anyway. And she ran up my stairs. We have three floors. She ran up the stairs laughing. And I was like, I am out of my league here. <laughs> I mean, dealing with her. And it took me a while to get rid of her. And it wasn't through sage. It was through just pure energy work. Am I? That's amazing. I want to get to this next question, which is in general, what's the benefit or what's the reason to work with spirits? I think that's a great question. And my answer is, why would I work with you? To me, beings of a different, it's almost just like maybe a different nationality. They can teach us things. And if that guide wants to, teach us something, then I don't think we have to have a guide. What is a spirit guide's job? If you want to use the word spirit guide, the job is to guide us to our higher self. If we believe in the connection to all that I talked about in the magic of connection. So why work with them? Maybe when we need a little help, maybe we need some guidance, just like I needed guidance from you. So 
that would be my reason why you would work with them. And also the flip side, because they need help. So if they're a disincarnate, a ghost who is here, and I have compassion for ghosts, okay, compassion. I cannot stand that Zach guy on that ghost hunter thing of, when he's yelling and antagonizing spirits. I'm like, you are mean. Have compassion for someone who is in a frequency that they're sad. And why work with them? Maybe because we need to help them. I love that. I know why we work with the Fae, because it is mutually beneficial. The Fae are there. Why work with nature? Why work with the birds and the plants around us? They're there. Yeah, they're there. And they're there for us all to be one. We're all one. So for us to be what we were meant to be, we work with everything we can. And it may be that on that day, they need our help, or we're going to teach them something, or they're going to teach us something, or we're going to evolve in some way because of that experience. And also because if it's a loved one, you may just miss them. So it's for comfort. It's for friendship. When I was young, I was one of those people who talked to different beings in my room. And I was scared of a lot of them, to be honest. But why did I do it? Because they're there. Like you just said, they're there. You walk into my office, am I just going to ignore you? I'm going to be like, oh, hello. It's good to see you. So when I do see spirits, they're around you guys. (laughs) They are. It is crowded. I mean, they are here. And of course, you're you're just not going to blow them off and ignore them. Let parlays into my next question. When I think about what are the scariest topics to bring up mm-hmm. or the scariest things that people are afraid of in the metaphysical world, it's so often predictions of death or illness and ghosts and the dead showing up. You said as a child, you were afraid. Very few people are not afraid. How do we overcome our fear of this topic? My book hopefully will start letting people know at least how to communicate. The sophageal frequencies are amazing to help with that, just to start. I think talking to people and educating yourself, I'm real big on education, but I like to learn. So let's say somebody does and they want to read or anything like that. Start small. Let's say they want to know how to overcome. I would say start really small. You're not going to break out a Ouija board and go, here, let me show you. This is not scary. No, I don't need to try to convince everybody that the way I do things isn't right. If they want help with that, they don't want to be afraid and they're very interested, then I would just slowly but surely introduce them to the fact that you maybe could get in touch with a loved one and you don't have to go to a meeting and you can do it yourself because they're very close. That's why I like to tell the stories because humans, like you said earlier, in the corporal form, they can be just as scared. So how do we get over that fear too? We aren't going to totally get over the fear if we have it. I have major fears of certain things that have happened in my life. And so it's a great question. I think the, not sure if I have the perfect answer, but I would say education and little small baby steps and not to push anything on anyone. If they say, I don't want to do that. And I don't, want to have anything to do ever with something that might be a little mean, then that's their prerogative. I don't need to convince them to do that. When I think about that question, I think that people are often afraid of a malevolent spirit that they can't get rid of. Like what you were describing with Roger's friend (laughs) that you had to get rid of. So may I say one thing on that? 
I know enough about dealing with the spirits to know that it's not a Hollywood thing. I think they can parallel the collective, what's going on with the collective. And that's why a certain movie will come out. I talk about the dragons. All of a sudden, everybody's into dragons because of Game of Thrones and the prequel. And all of a sudden, they're buying dragons in my store again. So is it because the movie did that or is it because the universal consciousness created the movie? I think it's a very interesting topic. Okay, I think it goes both ways. But as far as something that like you can't get rid of, I think that is very rare. Seriously, I do. Yeah, people are afraid of a poltergeist situation. Poltergeist was me. They used to say it's younger teenage girls and everybody would say, ah, that's so sexist and whatever. I'm not sure because people are going to think I'm crazy. But my brother literally would say, mom, please, when Michelle is in trouble, please don't send her to my room. I would get sent when I was in trouble if I told somebody something I wasn't supposed to say to my brother's room. And he, stuff would come off the shelves. And TV goes white, it still does, even though they don't do that anymore. Roger can tell you when Roger comes in, it'll clear up. And maybe you should be afraid of me, <laughs> but it's just real. People don't think of it being real. And so it scares them more. Coming in with a gun in my house is scarier than some of the spirits that I've met. And I think that Hollywood, and I keep saying Hollywood, like I'm an old lady, but I think the movies make it as though there it's just much more common than it is poltergeist was designed to have sequels if they could vanquish the ghost easily we wouldn't be in a movie for an hour and a half that's part of what the hollywood system is doing is make this force we can't vanquish because it's entertainment but in reality it doesn't work that way and we are strong beings i was joking in a way about the lady but it wasn't just i banish you and she was gone that would be lying. It was some work to get rid of her. And why was she there? Was she invited in a way? Something got asked. Did I in some way invite her to Rogers because he's not taking care of himself or whatever? I'm not accusing him, but there's things to think about. But I really think that it's important to know how powerful we are to give ourselves credit for what we can do. And we can call upon our team, which would be our guides, but also our living friends. And I have right. done that. I've called on them, even for emotional situations that don't have anything to do with a demon or anything, but just things that make me sad in my life when I'm getting ready for nukes and there's stuff that's not going exactly right. And you just call on your team and that's what you do. And I don't think that they attach to you as much as they try to represent that in the movies. I'll tell you the place that I am most careful is when I am put under for anesthesia. I will ask that I can put some black tourmaline. I will say a prayer of protection because I am under and I don't know what could come in that situation. That's one time that I'm not in charge of my faculties. I'm out of it. So that would be a time I think to be a little more concerned. Don't be scared to go under. Just tell your doctors. And a lot of anesthesiologists will admit that they say a little prayer over their patients. This is the question that Katie is so sad she can't be here for. Aliens, multidimensional beings, and star seeds. I look at this topic from a purely scientific perspective. Personally, I'm pretty sure there's life in the universe besides us. I have not experienced personally interaction with multidimensional or aliens. And yet in the metaphysical world, there's lots of people that have had those experiences. Tell us a story that changed your mindset about these. I know there's a whole section in here about this topic. Interestingly enough, when I was younger, my grandfather, I was, this is the beginning of it. He was a preacher and in his Bible, 
it said something about aliens on the side and I showed it to my dad. And to, that, to this day, my dad will say it, he did not write that note in the Bible, but he did. And he believed in aliens. What I think is most important to talk about is how have I experienced them personally, not whether or not we believe in them. But that, that's, and so I believe first in parallel universes, that was very easy for me to believe that we're doing the same thing, in a, but different in parallel universes. And then multiverse, because quantum physicists believe that and quantum mechanics believe that, string theory, entanglement theory, and all that comes from the magic of connection. Of course, I believe that too. But have I had a personal relationship with different beings? Not every being. And for a while, I just didn't give a darn. I was like, I've got enough people to keep up with. All these spirits around me, all these other, I don't need to know. But I will tell you, in the past, probably about five, six years, I have become much more aware, personally. I've never been abducted. I've never seen a UFO. Now they're called UAEs, I think. The government changed the name of them. Of course, they've admitted they're there, but they haven't admitted the beings are there. Then why do I know about them? Now, this is where you're going to be like, oh, please, Michelle. I have seen people's faces shift, literally shift. I was going to say I'm not talking about like Elon Musk or anything, but I'm not talking about the conspiracy theories. I'm not into those. I've seen what I used to describe myself as an angelic type of being change forms that looks very a mixture of alien and why do we say alien, extraterrestrial? It just doesn't feel like it's from here. But then again, how do I know if it's from here? Maybe they've been here the whole time and walking amongst us. So how do I do it? I have literally seen shifts in people. I'll tell you another one. If you touch the nape of someone's neck, like right back here, some people call that the God spot. And even in Reiki, they'll say that. I don't agree with that. I think it's just fine to touch back there. And we can kind of cup your hands under their head. You can feel energy. I get nauseous. And you know who I can feel it on? Roger. And we were told one time by somebody, and it sounded so stupid, that Roger, I think he's, what is he? Reptilian, which isn't always one of the good ones. Just so you know, I wouldn't mess with Roger either. And, and they said I was more like Faye. And I was like, oh, please, this would be a good story, but I don't believe the words you're saying. And I don't know that's all true, but I can feel that energy on me. So how do I know? And how do I know about the different ones? I channel it. I'm open to them, but I've seen just shifts in people's face. I'm, it's almost like a shape shifting where they reveal that they're here. And it's new to me. To put it in the book was very, I took it in, I took it out, I took it in, I took it out, I took it in, back and forth. But I will say, because I know what I've seen personally. Yeah. That's very cool. There have been a lot of people who've been connecting with consciousness extraterrestrial consciousness mm -hmm. through meditation. And that is fascinating to me. And I do think about how we might be able to do that outside of our regular perception and that perhaps this is a way to communicate. So it's very fascinating to me and I don't want to disparage it, of course. And no. I think it is another way to access how humans can connect and can perceive things that we've been not perceiving in the mainstream ways. Yeah, I agree. My book is in no way an encyclopedia of beings. There are so many more. Judith pronounced her last name for me. Judica um, Ellis. Right. Thank you. She has an encyclopedia of spirits. Get that book. It's this big. It's great. I literally read it because I read encyclopedia. I'm such a nerd. But mine is not. But think about it. Why wouldn't there be some sort of 
alien, extraterrestrial being, when we believe in faith, I think it's what we're interested in and what we're in the mood or where we are in our life to connect with. And it's okay if somebody doesn't want to connect with one and they want to connect with another type of being. It's okay. And it doesn't need to be an encyclopedia because this really has a description of an archangel and then an exercise. How do you identify it? And then an exercise, an activity on what you would do with that. Some things to consider to demystify animal spirits. I just think that this is such a fantastic book. So Thank you so much for being on our podcast. The book is Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. It totally is a fresh perspective, fantastic work. You can find Michelle on her website, michellewelch.com, where you can book readings with Michelle, michellewelch.com forward slash readings. We'll have all of this linked in our show notes. Michelle is such a brilliant, radiant human. She and Roger have three stores in the Dallas area. They're called Soultopia. And those shops, if you live in the Dallas area, are fantastic. Everything you would want to find in a metaphysical shop, you can find there. And of course, find the magic of connection and spirits unveiled, both of Michelle's books. Call up your local bookstore and ask them if they have it. That's a great way to do it. Or of course, wherever you buy books. Where else can people find you, Michelle? All the places. MichelleWelch.com is probably the easiest. If you wanted to go to the Soultopia website, you might get some information faster there. Just call us. Thank you so much for being on Knit a Spell. And the books you've written have really added so much to just the universe of metaphysical knowledge. So thank you for sharing yourself in that way. Thank you so much for having me. I adore you. You know that. I adore you too. (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for listening to Knit a Spell and for joining our Patreon, for commenting, and for all of your amazing participation. And I look forward to next week where maybe Katie will tell us what it was like to be in a hurricane. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at Divine Hand Jim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you you next next week. week.